Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's podcast. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcasting fix. Now, in today's episode, I'm being joined by Andreas Lehofer, who is the Chief Product Officer at Dynatrace, and Andreas is here to explore how existing approaches to application security are being rendered increasingly useless by the continued shift towards cloud-native architecture. So, Andreas, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for coming on today. Welcome, Max. Welcome, everybody. It's great to have you on, and uh, I think there's a lot of stuff that we need to unpack around the subject matter. But before we get to those questions, would you mind just giving our listeners a bit of background on yourself and Dynatrace? Sure. So Dynatrace is the market leader in the observability space. Uh, and uh, since two years now, we are also have extended our offering into application security. And I'm working since 13 years now for Dynatrace product management. Excellent stuff. So... You know Dynatrace well, you've got a wealth of experience, that's that's what we need when it comes to the subject matter, because we're starting off a fresh year here, and a fresh year means fresh challenges and new things that are going to be coming down the pipeline, so it's exciting to see where we're going to be. But I want to set the scene before we get into the nitty-gritty of the conversation by just asking, what is the current state of application security? So has the industry already shifted in comparison to last year? Or has it so far kind of remained the same? I think it actually got shifted unintentionally by, by Log4Shell happening at the end of the, the last year. Um, with Log4Shell, I think it became clear to many, many people that there are actually gaps to, to close uh, in for, for, for many, many businesses. I, I think many businesses found themselves spending days, if not if not weeks, uh, after Log4Shell happening, to just analyze their their runtime environments to understand if they are impacted by by this vulnerability, uh, and if so, which which I think was the case for almost everybody, where they are impacted e- exactly. So not to speak about starting to fix things, just to to understand where to 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 to, to start um, fixing, and of course, um, if. Detecting uh, these vulnerabilities and then uh, fixing them takes uh, some 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 time. You also understand that you are vulnerable during that during that uh, period. So you you feel you should be protected during that time that you need to fix such things. And I, I think this is this is leading now to a situation where also it's 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 widely accepted now that you start to break silos. You need to introduce new practices like DevSecOps uh, as, as the only solution to uh, get those things under control. And, and people also learned or are learning with this uh, challenge that was happening unexpected that you need to invest when it comes to application security, both in pre-production and in, in production at, at runtime. Definitely. I think it took everyone by surprise um, at the tail end of last year. How did you kind of view it before we move on here? You're obviously on the ground and, and dealing with it. How, how did you kind of view that shift of when Log4Show happened and how companies really needed to respond to it? 
I, it, it is actually helping us a lot to, to uh, convey one of the main value uh, points that, that we are delivering. Before Lock for, for Shell um, happening, many people thought that they are covered well enough if they make sure that, that they have their pre-production environment under control and they can really be sure that nothing vulnerable is moved from pre-production into production. Lock for Shell was was proving them them wrong. Of, of course, pre-production is still super important, but um, that the lock for for, for Shell um, vulnerability occurring is is really making it completely clear that you need to have something at at runtime that that is helping you to understand what is impacted at runtime if something uh, on that magnitude happens. Pre-production. Uh, security tooling is is not helping you at all in in such a scenario. It, it's very interesting, and I, I like what you're saying there about it being a wake up call and how organizations approach it. And I think it's going to be very interesting to to follow the story because um, this isn't kind of a one and done thing. It's going to be interesting to see how companies and organizations adapt over the next, let's just say, the ten months we've got left in the year. So uh, yeah, it's very curious that, that we're kind of seeing this and. Obviously, I mentioned cloud in the introduction here when we were talking about it. So what impact has the cloud-native digital revolution really had on application security and the enterprise's more traditional approach to it? Overall, this this uh, revolution has drawn more, more traditional approaches on application security as, as incapable of dealing with the challenges that businesses have uh, today with uh cloud-native uh, practices being widely adopted. Uh, this is, of, of course, mainly due to the complexity that is introduced with cloud-native processes and tooling. I think we will drill a bit more in, into this as we go. The, the result, if you, if you stick with your processes, is that you end up in a situation where your existing tooling is flooding you and your teams with a, a storm of alert many alerts, uh, many, many false positives. You have a lack of context with which each and every uh, alert that, that you get, is, uh, which means that you have spent time on looking at, at such alerts, analyzing them manually to, to understand what is the impact, what is the severity. Uh, and this is just not maintainable as this, the environments are growing uh, every, everywhere. So it needs to be addressed by uh, tooling and by process changes. And I think both matters is on the same uh, level of importance. So this is not, it, it is a tooling topic, but it is also a process. Yes, I think that's a, a great distinction to make there in terms of how people are approaching it currently. And when you're talking about this, it, it, it's interesting to kind of follow that chain of thought because you're a bit of an Nostradamus when it comes to this because Back in 2020, you ended up writing an article titled Three Reasons Traditional Approaches to App Security Need an Upgrade. Um, so can you maybe give us an overview of that thought process and how that kind of fares now in 2022? Yeah, that that uh, article was actually inspired by Dynatrace's 2020 Global uh, CIO report. And that there were mainly three findings, and um, I, I think they are still fully valid. One is that the, the introduction of microservices uh, as an architectural design practice and, and Kubernetes as a, as a runtime in environment is introducing a new level of complexity. 
So, so this was coming through everywhere uh, from uh, in, in this CIO report as the first thing. The second thing is also um, related to complexity, but uh, a different dimension of complexity. It is about agile development practices versus waterfall type of practices, of course, which is increasing the frequency of change in um, at runtime. Um, and, and of course, this is multiplying. So with uh, microservices and Kubernetes, you get an, a larger number of moving part, parts. And with HL development practice, um, you these parts are changing with a higher frequency. So that is multiplying. And it is just a, a fully new level of, of, of complexity that people are, are facing and which requires you, as I said before, to introduce new processes to, to deal with this, if you are failing to do so, you will miss vulnerabilities, uh, and and you will have vulnerable um, things running in, in in production, which is of course uh, what you want mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to to avoid. And the, the third thing that is in in that uh, report of 2020, and and is um, I unfortunately, I I think still valid in in, in many environments as it is still kind. of of state of the art is that the traditional approach to focus on static code analysis scans uh, in pre-production environment is is not sufficient anymore to deal with that new level of complexity and dynamics in in, in environment. So you know it is still it is not that those things are are without any value as of today. They are still needed absolutely no doubt, but having only those things and to to rely on those things only is not sufficient anymore. Yes, I 100% agree. You hit nail on the head there when you're talking about the complexities and the ever-changing world that that we're kind of living in. And also the case of having those kind of application testing, there needs to be that evolution going forward. And it's something that is always interesting in this industry because it does change constantly and if you're not kind of keeping up with it or having a plan to keep up with it then this is where the dangers and the risks come in which if we delve further into that organizations are probably or people listening who are in organizations dealing with this are probably yelling at the podcast now being like okay so what do we do what's the options that we're kind of dealing with here in 2022 so how should today's organizations your developers your app teams really pivot their application security strategies to make sure that they don't fall short of what dynamic multi-cloud environments really need. Yeah, Max. So thinking about the audience maybe already yelling at us, I, I'm almost I'm a bit defensive <laughs> of, of um, coming with the first suggestion because the first thing that, that I I have to suggest is, of course, to automate processes. Now I know <laughs> that... This is, uh, of course, a very obvious thing to say. You need to remove manual steps and and automate everything. The better question is, of course, then actually how should you uh, automate uh, application security in such complex and dynamic uh, environments? So I think I I should be a a little bit more concrete on, on how to do that. So one thing that really helps you automating things is to introduce DevSecOps practices. So that means that you that you have to um, remove silos in, in your teams from uh, an organizational uh, and process side of the house. That is um, 
as I said before, equally uh, important than to also think about your tooling. On the tooling side of the house, that means that you have to look or go for an integrated solution when it comes to observability and application security. Observability solutions such as, uh, as, as Dynatrace, um, of course, help you with discovering your uh, environment at real time. They are helping you to understand dependencies between infrastructure components, but also software components in your um, environment at runtime and in, in, in real time. And they are helping you to understand the context of findings. Independently, if, if the findings of, 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 of your tooling are around performance, availability issues, or if it's about uh, security flaws, vulnerabilities, attacks, whatever you find, the, it's uh, the, the observability part of the house that is helping a lot with understanding the context of, of things going on. And this context is making the huge difference in also uh, in understanding the impact and the risk that you that, that you have. In, in other words, this is needed in order to prioritize. Because reality is, you still will have lots of findings and you need something that is helping your team focus on the things that are the most critical for you from a business perspective. And it is also helping you that type of uh, approach to bridge between pre-production and production environments. Um, it, I also frequently go into the analogy between uh, observability and, and AppSec when it comes to that. In the observability space, it is, it is very, very clear since since a long time that if you want to have the performance and availability of your uh, applications under control, you need to do that both. It's, it's about pre-production and production. So nobody uh, thinks uh, in, in, in that space that it's sufficient to look at performance of, uh, of a highly scaled uh, application in pre-production only. It's clear that you have to, do, to start there, but you also need something in prod. And it is the same with, with application security. Only then you can be sure that you see everything at, at, uh, in real time and that you also avoid blind spots. So that is my second point here. And there is one more. As we explained before, these environments are complex today. And the bad news is they will not be less complex tomorrow. Everybody is um, scaling out uh, in, in environments. You will have more microservices um, over the course of this year than, than you had uh, last year. So the typical approach in, in IT, actually, if uh, things, if you have a large number of things, if you have lots of, of dynamics, is that you are using a machine, a, a computer to deal with that rather than a human. And the same is applicable on, on this level. So where I'm going is you also need to, to use uh, artificial intelligence to, to do things like prioritizing security uh, findings. Um, it, is not, it is not maintainable to rely on humans, on, on your team, on yourself to do such things in the, in the future. So you need to look for an AI-driven solution that can help you with that. Yeah, I, I think that's some fantastic advice in there, uh, especially when you bring in the automation and AI conversation. You're 100% right. It is a lot of work and that there needs to be kind of more availability to, to make life a lot easier and to solve those solutions. So fantastic advice there. There is maybe one, one more thing that I would 
would add. Um, as because I said in the beginning, well, automation is it's easy to say you you should you should automate. There is one one requirement. So if you are if you're looking at, at, at different approaches uh, that that should help you with automation, there is one thing that you should double check um, because you need it uh, in order to automate things, which is precision on the detection level. If you if you want to resolve top problems um, automatically, you need a detection layer that is precise. If you have um, a detection layer that is ambiguous, then you will not be able to automate. You will then, again, need a human to look into, into the data, into the results and make a decision because the result is not clear enough in order to, to automate. That This is another reason why it's important to cross uh, the gap that, that exists today uh, in many times, unfortunately, between observability stacks and application security steps stacks because you need both let's say viewpoints together in order to get uh, the the level of, of clarity the precision to to automate yeah I, I think that's a very important distinction to make there um and, and something that, that should really be looked at especially organizations that are already on that journey or making that process happen already so i think that's very important and it leads me nicely on to kind of my my last question here because it's good to kind of have an example of what we've been discussing today now i want to chat a little bit about dynatrace before before we go here so Dynatrace's new application security model. It was created to help businesses combat application security challenges, namely when we're talking about enabling them to identify vulnerabilities as they arise in real time, which is a fantastic way to be approaching things, obviously. So could you maybe elaborate on the support and share a case study example of how this intelligent software, as we were talking about in the previous question, has thus far kind of changed the game for modern application security? Yeah, as I, I think the, the, we started with the log for, for shell <laughs> event. Mm -hmm. um, let, let's take that as, as an example, as I, I think it is still very, very fresh in, in everybody's mind and, and uh, everybody can relate what, what the, the, this example to the uh, own environment, right? So this, this was happening on a Friday, if I remember it right in, in around mid of, of December when when the vulnerability was, when actually the fix of the vulnerability was published and people get to know, got to know uh, that this vulnerability existed for, for actually a number of, of years already. And then, as I said in the beginning, everybody started to, to uh, research their own environments if, if and where you are impacted by, by this. The thing with the Dynatrace application security solution is that this was not needed for all the Dynatrace customers that had this enabled. Uh, I can also speak about our own production environment. So after that vulnerability was, was published, only minutes after, so this is really like five minutes after the, the vulnerabilities were going into the, into the usual vulnerability feeds, Dynatrace picked that up. We pushed uh, that, uh, that new vulnerability to all the environments uh, that, that we are monitoring, so the information about the vulnerability, of course, and, and not the, the vulnerability, and did a real-time analysis of the of the of all the customer environment that is monitored with Dynatrace. So this is again where this combination of observability and application security plays a huge uh, role. 
And we opened then uh, a security problem for, for customers that were affected by, by this vulnerability. And well, <laughs> uh, as I, I think no need to explain that, that basically everybody was affected by, 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 by Log4Shell. But the difference was within minutes, right? You got a ticket that was telling you, you are affected and you are affected exactly here. So these are the number of processes and they are sitting in this place and in this place these are the microservices that are uh, affected and and you can you, you immediately see is this a service that is sitting on the front end so it is accessible from the internet which is of course a different thing than compared to a service that has that vulnerability but it is sitting very very hidden and well prepared, uh, protected somewhere deep in the back end. So we, we are helping uh, customers to prioritize them in such a situation, which is, I think, a huge value um, in itself. And then once you start uh, or started fixing this vulnerability by basically upgrading that uh, library or other components that are using that, that, that library, uh, Dynatrace is tracking the fixing progress automatically. So you see in real time the number of affected components going down. And once you have fixed everything successfully, we are closing the problem. And then you know you have the confidence and, and the proof that you are that you are in a safe state uh, now. So th this was really really showing that we we are able to deliver great value uh, in in such an emergency situation. Definitely. I, I think that's a perfect example of how effective this kind of approach can be. As we've been discussing over the past couple of questions, having that intelligent software and really making a difference and making it accessible is, is so important for organizations going forward. So, Andreas, I can only thank you for kind of coming on here, walking us through all of this um, and giving us such a succinct and, and great explanation of what uh, what we should be looking for. Thank you, Max. Thank you very much. And, and thank you, everyone, who took the time to listen to this episode. We do hope you took a lot away. If you are looking for more information, especially about what we just spoke about with the application security model, then you can head on over to dynatrace.com. They've got some fantastic resources on their site there. They'll go into a little bit more detail about what we've discussed today. We'll, of course, be back, be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, you can join the conversation at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. Subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. And, of course, for great daily content, you can head on over to EM360Tech.com.